Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you a very good morning, afternoon or evening, uh, whenever or wherever you are joining us from. Today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage um, and a very warm welcome to everybody uh, to today's show and a very warm welcome to not one not two but three guests we're going to dive straight in there welcome our guests because we've got a lot of stuff that we want to talk about today and a lot of messages that uh, the guys who are joining us want to get through first of all please welcome ceo of db systems and db pixel houses we'll learn more about um, very very shortly david bully david welcome to the show yeah hello thanks very much for uh, having me not a problem at all. And uh, we also welcome uh, to the show Head of Sales, James Barnett. James, nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. And head of, head of Content, Ali Reese. Ali, thanks for joining us today. Hi, James. Thank you for having us. No problem at all. Um, our three guests today all work for a, a company that many of our podcast followers will be aware of, DB Systems. Um, now, that's as you know it at the moment. Um, today, our three guests are on to talk about some changes, some evolution, um, and some developments that are taking place within that organization. Um, so, David, perhaps over to you first of all. Let's look at exactly um, what's happening with DB Systems as we know it at the moment and how things are going to be evolving in the very near future. Well, historically, we've uh, we obviously grew out of the, uh, the the tech side of the business, and that's that's still a major chunk. We've we've still uh, got twenty five thousand bits of kits that we rent out to people. We've had sort of three main brands that we've operated under: so the AV and the IT hire, and then networks, and then DB Pixel House. What we're doing is a is a natural evolution of both us as a company and actually changes in the industry in that we're going to rebrand ourselves as DB Pixel House. Mm -hmm. uh, and what that means really is we're one team of experts um, with various different disciplines, whether that's hardware, the tech, uh, whether it's content or production. So that's really the major change that we've got. I think because of our history, um, you know, one uh, can get typecast into what you're, how you're perceived in the market. Mm -hmm. And we do so much more now than purely uh, supply hardware. We get involved in some really in innovative content and software for some really big brands. So it's really about, I think, what the visitor is looking for at an event now and, and the data that the brands are looking for as well. So it's quite a mix, I think. So, so, so we, we know now that um, so instead of DB Systems for Clarity, we're going to be known as DB Pixel House, and that will be the, the, the main brand. Um, will, there see, will that see any shift in focus at all, guys, from what you've done in the past with the AV side of things? Because presumably you will have clients who are very much um, uh, using you and utilize you for you know, the hardware hire side of things. Will it affect that anyway? Is there any sort of any shift into where the majority of your business will focus on? I think from the hardware size, it, it's business as usual. I think um, as times moved on, um, sort of 20 years ago, it, you know, the revolutionary uh, items were sort of the tech. Mm. Now, that, that's still true to a certain point. You know, we're looking at the uh, change in the last 12 months from 3.6 mil to 2.6. Um, but actually, what, what we're doing here is integrating the software and the hardware to come up with solutions for our clients. Yeah. 
And, and I suppose, Ali, that, that's perhaps where you come in as, as, as head of content. Um, presumably, you must have seen a, a, a shift in the last few years as, as, as the company has been able to offer more sophisticated hardware. When you look at, at the visual side of things, particularly the sort of the modular screens and the, 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 the development of LED um, content, presumably you've had more and more clients that have come to you as a company saying, this is great that you've got this hardware, but we actually don't have anything that could go on there. We actually don't know how to utilize this type of hardware in the best way, shape or, or form. Is that where your side of things has come in, Ali, where you've been able to actually help them create content to utilize on your own hardware? Correct, yeah. I mean, I think we were probably one of the first movers to set up a content vision as part of a AV and tech supplier. Um, so I think we were kind of first movers on that. But we pretty much become a consultancy for people who want to do software and content um, at events. And that's where we really see our, see our business going in the future as well. We obviously still provide all of the technology to put it on, and that's, our, that's been our core previously. And we just wanted to change our name to reflect the fact that the content and software is becoming more and more increasingly important and has been over the last sort of 10 years that we've been doing it really. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more a shift of name change to sort of represent what we actually do as opposed to what we used to do. Uh, and David, d decisions like this for a company like yours are not um, overnight decisions. You don't just wake up one morning, presumably, and say, right, this is what we're going to do. W what's the development uh, timeline been like for, the, for this change? And what have you sort of had to look at, you know, from an infrastructure point of view as a company? Well, I think I'd, I'd sort of take it back a bit, really. I think we've always tried the best we can to be, as Ali says, first movers in what we're doing. And I think we just feel like this is is us trying the best we can to lead the industry in terms of offerings that are supplied by, by people like us. So no, it's, it's, it is an element, I suppose, of risk to it, but I've always believed in change in the business, and this business has changed on numerous occasions in terms of what we've offered over, over the last 20, 25 years. Um, so I think change, change is good. I think it reinvigorates what we're doing. I think it changes perceptions uh, with our customers. Uh, and with the brands that uh, that they look after as well, so it's it's uh, it's been something that's been really um, something that's been happening over the last two years. As more and more content, more and more data is re required, more and more return investment information from uh, the brands and the agencies, and it's all that it's it's all sort of come together to mean that. It's yes, it's about what we've got, but it's also about what we all know and what how we can use that to help the brands and the agencies. Um, J James, just looking at, um, at your role as, as head of sales, um, when David just mentioned uh, demands for return of investment information and, and more data, and more analytics, um, could you perhaps expand on that and go into some of the detail about, about how it is you generate that and, and the demands that you've had from clients when you're looking from a sales perspective at um, how that data or how that return of investment information manifests itself? Yeah, I think sort of as time's gone on, sort of meeting new clients and working with current customers as well, um, the hardware is great, um, but also we, we need to include the, the content on there as well. But from um, a, a brand point of view, they, they really want to know who's interested in what product mm -hmm. um, and, and be able to measure that throughout the day as well. So that, that's part of what we're, we're doing now is to be able to give them the, the ROI 
at the end of the show. And then they can focus on, obviously, after that, with um, following up with their clients and then moving forwards what works well and what doesn't work so well. And, and I'm curious as well, because with, with a company, um, and I mean this in a positive way, seemingly diverse as, as yours, David, um, you're offering a, an awful lot of, um, of scope for very, very different types of events, presumably. How big is the spectrum of stuff that you are working on as a company? And perhaps, Ali, you might be able to give us an indication of some of the content that you're creating for, for that sort of spectrum of clients. Of course, yeah. So... I mean, as I said, we, we've worked with agencies and brands for the last sort of 10 years, 12 years doing content side of things. Previously before that was just the hardware, but we've, we've got quite a good back catalogue of um, huge products we've done. Huge, we did world large object recognition table, for example, with first movers on that. We have a wide range of transparent um, technology. We've produced the software for that. And it's all about the combinations. I used to get asked pretty much on a daily basis by design agencies and brands, what's the latest technology? And um, whilst we, we answer that question, it's, I think there's a better question to ask, which is how can we get the most impact out of our event? And that's what, what we've been doing for the last 10 years really, is, is combine the technologies together, but also combining it with the software and content so that we do things such as, you know, whole event RFID systems, where you can go around and you can collect information, tap in and out of particular areas, you get personalized content based on your RFID code, et cetera, right down to single stand exhibition um, systems where we might produce, you know, 30 or 40 different sales detail aids apps. And all of those apps can generate real-time live data and feed it back to the customer, uh, our client, the brand, or the agency so that they know more about the visitors on their stand and let's face that all companies want to know more about the audience that are speaking to them they want to get those insights and, and use them to transform how they run their business certainly and, and, and i suppose on the subject of trends um david presumably you've seen uh trends you know shift and, and change and, and and morph um in the years that you've been operating the company um it, it, it just looking at maybe the last 18 months two years with technology moving so quickly um what are some of the sort of the most sort of common demands that you've seen suddenly spring up in the last two years or so where you think we really need to be be on the ball with that and stay sharp well, I, th I think the key differential is, as I think I said, is the, um, you know, when I first started, you'd have real revolutions in technology, you know, going back for those, uh, some of myself might even remember CRT, you know, that went to flat screen, we bought plasma screens, then it went to LED screens, and we bought LCD video walls, which were quite revolutionary, and you just had to use the tech on your stand. Whereas now, uh, it's not you you can't make enough of a buzz just using the tech it's what it's it's the amalgamation of the tech and what goes on it mm. and whether that's to you know we try and split that up into three sections whether that's just to attract people to your stand whether it's to uh, inform you know give people information because the great thing about trade shows is it's sort of a perfect market isn't it you've got willing buyers and sellers you go there as a visitor because you want information you're actually interested in what it is that's there so let's give them that information let's inform them what they're doing and in the background let's get insights for the exhibitors into what their customers are actually looking for so it's really that and, and that's the reason for making this change it's the amalgamation of all those very different uh, skill sets so we've you know we do work for some really 
major pharmaceutical companies and it's a mix we have the the tech side which is putting in the hardware we we run quite a sophisticated network over the stand because they may have 200 marketeers all yeah. on ipads we're collecting and then we're, we're putting content on those ipads and collecting every single bit of data that comes from it you know some of these brands have real kpis of what they're looking to get on their trade show stand they may want 80 4% of the visitors going to the show to actually get in their stand and they want evidence of that and they want to know what that visitor is interested in. And yeah. then also, obviously, you've got the social media aspect as well. So it's, it's a mix. It's, it, events are evolving in quite a big way, I would say. James, just just picking up on something that, that, that David said and um, and sort of thinking about it, I suppose, chronologically, um, it, it when we had things like iPads and touchscreen devices really sort of leap out at us. Uh, I suppose there was a period of time where the tech in itself, as David said, was the wow factor. You know, the, there was almost um, a, 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 the gimmick of having iPads on stands and people would be able to pick up these devices and touch them. As they are seen now as such a normal part of everyday's, everyday life, people carry them around in their handbags and in their, in their school bags and kids have got smartphones in their pockets. The, the tech itself is no longer the wow factor. We've almost gone full circle, haven't we, where now it's come back to the content that's going onto those devices that 10 years ago were a gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you do have an iPad now, what are you actually going to do with it? What, what content are you going to put on it? How are you going to use it? And that's where we sort of integrate the, the tech, the content and the production. For example, we've recently done an iPad wall, which has consisted of 150 iPads. You know, making that into effectively a video wall and then being able the capability to pull that iPad out of the wall and show specific content to the brand and then place it back in and it plays the overall video. You know, and that's the sort of thing we're looking at to really sort of entice the brand and the agency. Um, how does that sort of stuff, you know, work from a, from a, a, a programming point of view? Because I, I would guess that iPads are not not necessarily geared up to be able to, to do that and be, you know, utilised in a modular sense where they can be put together. So how, how long does that type of idea take to actually deliver? And whose idea was that? Will that come from the client or will that be something that your creative team, Ali, have looked at and said, actually, maybe we could do this with iPads? Yeah, so um, I think the initial idea is obviously spurred on by either ourselves or our client or the brand themselves, but then it's very much a collaborative process that we, we all, all parts get together and we kind of tap into um, what DB Pixel House is really, which is, is a collection of different expertise. We've got experts in augmented reality and virtual reality and animation and design and all manner of programming. Mm -hmm. um, but we've also got all of the production technique in, in house and we've got all of the techie minds who now have to put all this stuff together from a physical right. point of view. So the ideas factory, the content part of it is, is sort of a collaborative process, but then we've got the guys that actually know how to deliver it and we've got all of the kit in the same company. It's one big team and that's kind of our, our key offering really is that we're a turnkey solution for all of your problems to do with tech content or production. You know, that, that's our manifesto to our clients and the brands. And I suppose, David, that's um, relatively speaking quite a, a unique position to be in as an organisation, isn't it? Because there are fantastic AV suppliers out there. There are fantastic hardware suppliers. There are great tech programmers. There are great companies who deal with logistics and getting things and ideas delivered and created and, and you know, turned into real life, you know, physical uh, entities. 
you guys seem to be very much geared up to, to, to do all of that li- literally under under one roof yeah it's it's uh it's 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 really exciting when we when we sort of started the the content side of the business which was quite a long time ago we weren't quite sure where it was going to end up uh, but it's so integral now into into what the agencies and the brands are looking for it's uh it, it, it's exciting i mean part of the thing for us is we're just quite excited to see how far we can take it how far we can go we're we're looking at opening a demo suite in london so some of the agencies uh, can uh, have easier easier access to the tech mm. uh, we were talking yesterday about opening up uh, an office in the us uh, to sell some of these services in the us which we're already doing so there's there's a lot of opportunity out there it's um, it's all quite exciting um as a as a company doing what you do, I often say, on, particularly on this podcast, that, that the companies in the, in the UK that we've got within the events industry are often um, not just, just market leaders, but innovators globally in, in what we're doing with the events industry and, and with tech. Um, would you guys, uh, mentioning that you might be looking at opening a US office, David, do, 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 you, do you see that as something that will be a very key factor if that was to come to fruition, that the UK is very much seen still as a, as a leader and a trendsetter and a developer when it comes to this type of technology and this type of service. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that I think the UK is pretty well known in the events industry as a whole as being pretty expert in what we do. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think I'd probably agree with that. Ali, I don't know whether you've got anything to offer on that. Yeah, absolutely. So we do, we already work in the US, uh, we do quite a large number of trade shows over there, particularly on the content side, because uh, digital can cross borders quite a lot easier than white cases can, so it kind absolutely, of yeah. more transferable. But um, yes, yeah, so it's definitely seen as a hub for innovation in the UK. And I think for good reason, you know, as I said, we've, we've been first movers on many different things just within our company, but I know that's a, a trend that's followed for a lot of UK companies. We are very good at piecing together technology and putting them into a meaningful, uh, impactful way of delivering a brand's message. We just seem to be good at it. And, and James, um, for, for, again, for, from a for, from a sales point of view, when you're working with with international uh, clients and people coming from a, a, a abroad, do, do you sense this? Um, this feeling of people wanting to work with, you know, a British supplier and, and, and somebody who is very much at the forefront of their industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the case, and it, it's 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 having that wow factor. Um, that, that's what we seem to get when I go to meetings. Everyone wants the the latest, greatest. And as I said earlier, it, it, to be able to integrate, you know, the content, the tech, and the production, um, we're unable to do that. I think it's. I think it's also important to say that on the the hardware side, you know, we're we're going to be spending upwards of a million quid on capex again. So it's sort of business as usual on that. But yeah. then integrating the, the the software into it is key, and that's what our clients want to see. From a a, a a customer point of view, David, on on a, a pure communication level um we're talking today about you know a rebrand of, of a company um it, it, what is the timeline for that rebrand um you know is there an official date where that will happen or will it be something that will, will slowly happen you know over a period of time and and how will it all be communicated out to your to your clients and your customers so that they know exactly what's happening 
Well, we're, we're actually planning uh, to do the relaunch uh, on the 10th of July. So uh, that's when we're heavily uh, involved in the production of the Farmer Air Show. As, right. You know, you guys might be aware, but we do all of the uh, all of the network at Farmer, which is Europe's sure. largest temporary network. So we're heavily involved in that, and then we've also got the uh, AV side of the business as well down there, and the content. So we've got all the different sides of what we do down there, and also a lot of our clients are there. So that's our launch date, and on that date, um, assuming that everything goes according to plan, we'll be launching our new website. We're launching our new brand. Uh, we're launching our new sort of strap line, which is just imagine. Okay. Which is a really, we like that phrase. It's open. It just opens out possibilities. So we've got that side. So the 10th of July should be when uh, should be when we go live. And obviously we're doing a lot of internal communication as well to our internal guys. Uh, and when then we'll be going out to the agencies and hopefully to talk to them about what the what stays the same because we've still do a huge amount of, of tech rental and we'll carry on doing that but also how if there's anything we can do to help them with their customers because what we're finding is that the brands themselves are looking for the type of information and the insight that uh, that some of our software can give them so um, as I say we're going to go out to brands uh, sorry a, sorry agencies go out to the agencies and tell them what the changes are, mm -hmm. what it means for them in terms of how we can help them as a one-stop shop to deliver for their customers. So our, our whole sort of thing in business really is to help our customers, our customers of the agencies, what can we do to help them? Um, you know, we talk about the things like that, that large iPad wall, that doesn't come around, um, you know, from a, couple of weeks before the event that's mm. working really in collaboration with the agencies right at the initial stage of when they're talking to their customers so that's where we, what we want to get involved in we're going to go out and give that message and um, see what happens and uh, on the on the subject of, of farmer if you don't mind me going sort of just just off track ever so slightly um that, that this, as many of our podcast uh, listeners and, and watchers will be aware, you know that the, the scale of, of the Farnborough International Air Show is is, is vast. You know, it, it, it's it's uh, and again, when we talk about innovation and being a world leader, you know that that that's very much another example of it, isn't it? Where where as an international air show, that that's that's really considered to be up there with the very best of them. Um, as a, as an organisation and. Uh, how difficult is it at the moment when you've got such uh, be a lot of stuff to prepare ahead of Farnborough to sort of be juggling that and also be maintaining what must be quite a large portfolio of other clients and other, you know, sort of day-to-day -day activities that are happening? Uh, well, you know, we're a fairly sensibly sized outfit nowadays. We've got, uh, you know, we've got a hundred full-time people here. So, and we're, we're, we're very used to doing multiple events on multiple countries, multiple content, uh, uh, sorry, continents. So, um, so we're used to doing that. Farnborough is, is, yes, it's a big event. We're there in pre-production uh, for probably three to four months before the event actually happens. Right. So, um, and we've been doing it for quite a while, but um, so we, we know what we're doing, but it's just, you know, just, it's not, it's a major international event. You know, when the chief executive of Boeing picks up his telephone, that's our telephone. If it doesn't work, you know, there's, there's hell to pay because he has meetings every 20 minutes for, you know, four days. Similarly, when he's picking up his email, absolutely it has to work. So it's mission, absolutely mission critical um but uh, but to a certain extent 
we have our systems we've got some great people and because uh, it's all about the people it's never been about the tech you know everybody can go and buy the tech it's about the people that's what we're saying we're we're basically a team of experts whether those experts are, are network specialists whether they're led whether they're rigging whether they're tech whether they're content whatever it is come and talk to us and and, and uh, i suppose but, but before we start um, start wrapping up the episode coming back to to, to you james and and ali as well um you will have a, a, a portfolio of clients, agencies, customers, brands, people that you're working with and have worked with over a prolonged period of time. Um, how exciting is it, though, still when you get the opportunity to work with new clients and there's that real sort of blank canvas opportunity to, to sort of show them what you can do? I, I mean, speaking for me, that's personally why I think I do the job. <laughs> I think it's the buzz, that, that thing you get of it, of working with those big brands and, and coming up with, basically the craziest, coolest ideas you can possibly think of to make happen on a stand. That's, that's what we, I think we all enjoy it and what we get into it for. And I mean, as you were just mentioning about having Farnborough going on, whilst also, you know, I was in a, a meeting yesterday with a, with a large multinational in a completely different sector, but they want the same thing. They want ideas, they want data, they want to know the ROI of their event and they want us to help them. James, how, how um, just Ali mentioned something there about different sectors and different industries. Um, despite working with clients who, as he says, will work in different trade industries, B2B markets, B2C markets, um, how much do you guys actually need to know about those sectors and how much of an understanding do you you need to have in order to deliver it and how much really is transferable irrespective of what sector you're working in given that a lot of people are wanting the same types of content the same types of hardware i think certainly with sort of our, our customer base and, and the sectors they work within we get a really good understanding of, of what they're looking to achieve um, and ob obviously we we offer up the latest and greatest as, as much as we can to support that um, as far as it being transferable um, it goes back to, to sort of integrating it and, and being able to offer solutions based on their client demands. Yeah, I think there were sort of three main reasons why people do events, as I said, that's kind of to attract, attract an audience, inform that audience of the message, and then sort of collect insights on, on how much the audience has taken away with them and what they've learned from going to that event. And I think that is the bit that's transferable across any of the sectors we work in, from media to tech to aerospace. Um, but I think then there's also individual uh, sector-specific things that we pick up. So we work heavily in pharmaceuticals and the sort mm -hmm. of approval process and the detail level and, the, as you can imagine, the kind of uh, lawyer state of that it, it is transferable to other sectors and it helps it helps to be multi-sector so you can use those different techniques across across the sector you're working excellent and uh D david i suppose one thing we should mention to everybody before um, before we start wrapping up today's episode is um is how people can find out about you and you know will, will the rebrand bring with it um new websites new social media or anything like that or will things of that nature pretty much stay the same uh no we're we're, we're uh yeah we're pretty much changing everything um on the same day in theory <laughs> uh so we're changing our website's changing that's going to have some big changes to it we're changing our branding obviously we're changing all our clothing our vans are changing our emails are changing social media we're going to be a lot more involved in, uh, involved in social media uh and the uh, hashtag um tech connect production so that will be going out uh so we're uh, hopefully we'll be creating a bit of a 
uh, a stir in the market and quite an invigoration within the business as well. So it should be good fun. Absolutely. I don't envy you um, at the moment uh, undertaking what you've just said then at the same time referencing sort of five minutes ago, the fact that on the 10th of July, you'll also be in the middle of an international air show, um, making sure that the uh, the chief exec of Boeing can get his email. So yeah, well, to be to be fair, the, the air show starts a week later, so we are giving ourselves a week, uh, a week's grade. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> there, we, there we go. I think everybody can, can rest easy then in the company now that it's not <laughs> bad. I hope so. Not as bad as I just made out. Um, guys, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, we've been talking on the podcast to David Bully, James Barnett and Ali Reese. Um, the guys are from uh, what is now uh, DB Systems, but as we've been discussing and learning about in the coming weeks, will be rebranded and known simply as DB Pixel House. Um, and with that, as David just pointed out, changes to social media, changes to websites, but I'm sure by simply going to your favorite search engine, you will no doubt be able to stumble across these guys very, very easily and find out a little bit more about them. Guys, thank you very much for, uh, for joining the podcast today and talking to us about it all. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And, uh, thank you. Uh, don't forget to, uh, on the subject, I suppose, of social media activity and, and uh, handles and hashtags and all of that business, um, Event Industry News, you can get hold of us on Twitter at Event News blog the podcast is brought to you by our sponsor engage powered by d2i systems winner of best event management platform at the 2017 event technology awards to learn how engage can make your business more profitable visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage and that brings us perfectly to the end of today's episode thanks very much again to our guests uh if if you've been watching the podcast uh on the event website and our video podcast don't forget, you can also download the audio-only versions of the podcast to listen to on your commute to and from work via your favorite podcast platform. And we look forward to seeing you all again on the next edition of the podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you.